0: Welcome to Beer Life. My name is Jordan Foss. Alongside me is our producer, Kevin Wood. And on today's show, a special uh, fifth anniversary show, we have my business partner and friend, uh, Jamie Garbutt. Uh, Jamie and I are going to talk about the first five years of Steel and Oak, um, all the disasters that he's uh, had leading up to the actual opening day, and uh, just a little bit about on where we're going to go from here. Um, we'll also touch on the party we're having on Sunday, and uh, Kev actually talks a lot, so I would stay tuned uh, to this episode of Pure Life. So I just want to say before I welcome you to the show, Jamie, that you are the first guest to ever bring notes. Thank you for being prepared. Wow. Well, what have you written down? I wrote
1: down my timeline of uh, events because I went through the photos today, and this is all from
0: five, six years ago.
1: So I just wanted to make
0: sure I got the sequence right. So leading up to uh, to our fifth anniversary, um, Jamie gave me the idea that it would be good to have him on the show. We can talk about how we uh, how we started in the first five years, because he also likes to give me shit that um, my timelines are all out of whack, and I have a starting at different times, and, and um, so... I'm going to let you go and tell me, <laughs> how do you remember yeah. the conversation starting about opening a brewery? Okay. I, I,
1: I know you made mistakes when you talked about it. I just can't remember exactly what they were. But it was pretty straightforward because we were very uh, impulsive in this. I, I guess, do you remember when we started home brewing? Was that before or after Tofino? That was after. Okay. So July 2012. No one 2012. will know the yeah, yeah, no one will know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was after. Yeah. July 2012, uh, we went to Tofino. Okay, yeah. I believe that was, that was when. And uh, I had, that would have been 2012. So I had Caden uh, in August. So it was like a month and a half or
0: something before yeah. we, we had Your her. wife, Diana, was pregnant. Yeah, Very my pregnant. first
1: son, Caden. Yeah. So uh, 2012, we go to Tofino. And we decide to check out Tofino Brewing Company. And we roll up to their um, that multi-unit industrial building. Yeah. And they have uh, roller garage doors that open up at 12 noon when the brewery opens up. And we, we're in line. So we've never been to, uh, well, I don't know if... No, to, I'd never been to yeah, a I brewery like that before. No, we haven't been to a small craft brewery. Or I can't recall being to any brewery that was like that. And we get in line at 12 noon on a weekday. Um, they roll up the doors. We see, wow, this is a craft beer, a craft brewery. They, they, they can be much smaller than we thought. Mm-hmm. And more, more so that people were lining up for it on a weekday at 12 noon. So once that opened up, I, I think both of our jaws dropped. We thought it was incredibly cool. We filled, yeah. it, we got a growler, filled them up, and uh, that's what planted the seed.
0: Yeah, I remember that we. I'd never seen a growler before. No. And I was like They're just filling these jugs up with beer This is <laughs> yeah. incredible I think
1: we went back the next day We did Because yeah. we
0: went through four liters of beer Which is great It goes to show that like You know You see two liter It's big But it's not that big Yeah yeah, it yeah. Was- It's not even a six pack It's not even a six pack Kev. Easy That's what you drink on a Monday night That's a bit much But uh, eh, no, not, Now it. that you have kids yeah, it's a yeah. little more or less. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So so then, so we get the Growlers, and then, do you remember, was it on that trip? Did we say, hey, we could do this, or did it take no, time? It, it, it,
1: I believe we went on that trip, and then we went up to a because we were, uh, I believe that was afterwards, if I remember it correct, and we were talking about the idea of a craft brewery on that floaty, that party island. Right. And uh, I think we spent the whole, like, three days in a row just talking about it, yeah. and we decided to get some books on it. Um, I,
0: geez, I wish I looked up the books that we got. I remember I read that Brooklyn Brewery book. And we both read the Brooklyn Brewery book, which was really interesting because those two dudes didn't know what they were doing to start either. And I think it was kind of inspiring because you're like, oh, this this worked for them. I think we've established on this podcast that no one knew what they were doing. <laughs> no, fair enough. No, no. <laughs> like,
1: then we started homebrewing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we brought the home the light the lightest used homebrew gear that <laughs> yeah. ever yeah. existed. Because
0: yep. it it's still in your basement. It is. Um, I brought some of it here to Steel and Oak to see if the guys would want to use. It and they just laugh at it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember. So we, we, I remember that we bought the homebrew equipment. Um, we went to Dan's homebrew and like many people did at the beginning. Um, and uh, I remember we had, I had just bought a house um, in new West and we started homebrewing in my backyard and it was wintertime. Cause I always remember that we'd put the, um, the burner out on the grass and like the back, my back lawn would be frozen, but then there'd be this like mud pit because of the heat from, and it was this part of grass that I could never get to grow properly. I still actually can't get it to grow. <laughs> and in fact, I actually don't sprinkle a lot of grass seed on there. I really sound like an old fucking dad right yeah, now Yeah, when I'm out, sure there out in my there new and balances, yelling yelling the at, lawn. Yeah, at the people driving by. <laughs> but I still like, whenever I see that patch of grass, I'm like, Oh, that's where we used to homebrew. That's special. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I remember it being a little bit of an event where we'd be sober at the start, yeah. hammered halfway through <laughs> and barely able to finish at the end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we. I, what, what do we do? I don't know. Let's call it Eight to ten, some
0: more, maybe yeah. a
1: dozen batches, and yeah.
0: and then but you're like, uh, we're ready. Yeah, <laughs> we well, ready. Let's go. <laughs> ahead. I think. Well, I think we realized. I think we realized that we weren't ready to make our own beer. I think that was the the good thing about like brewing is that it takes eight hours, and so it just gave us lots of time to talk about like the concept and and you know do numbers and figure out if it would work or not. But I think through that process, we also realized that we probably should get somebody that makes better beer than we do to to do it.
1: Yeah, we definitely came to our senses at a certain point in time after our uh, eighth, at best, mediocre batch or whatever <laughs> you yeah. want to call it. Um, but I will say, I think that we were in the dreaming stage when we yeah. started the uh, home brewing. We weren't in the reality stage. But what we kind of found out is, hey, let's, you know what, let's, let's try to make this reality or at least explore it as much as possible. And I remember, I think we probably put a list of things that we need to do, and that came one of those items was a business plan, yeah, and then uh, second was just start you know well one, we read, read a few books to get our you know ducks in a row mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then we also started like I started looking at spaces or exploring real estate just to see if there's any spaces available and we had a few hiccups along that way. We, we looked at that one. I don't know. I mean, no one's going to know this, but it was on 11th Street. It's an old building that would be great for a brewery, but it was not to fire code.
0: Is that the one that's mm. on 11 in Auckland? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where um, in new, if, you, if you're listening from New Westminster, it's the where fat paint is. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it would have been a great building. Yeah. Wasn't to fire code.
1: Landlord really didn't give me any confidence that it would be. Right. And I know they had some hiccups uh, yeah. even for the tenants that exist there now. And, uh, and then, you know, after a month of trying to explore that and not working out, we just kind of this we, we got this space and it was a bit of a confusion. You remember that. Yeah. One well. So I,
0: I remember. So the space that Steel and Oak is in now on Third Avenue in Stewart's and Stewartson Way, if you've been to the brewery. Um, so Jamie is a, a real estate agent. So we when in the early days when we were looking for space, you um, you were the one that always made the phone calls and to, mm-hmm. to check out space. But I remember I was driving by this location and I saw a lease sign. And, I, and just because I was in my car, um, I called, and our now landlord, um, I had just mentioned, hey, I'm you know, looking to open a brewery um, in the U.S., can we have a look at the, the building? And she had said, oh, your business partner already called me about it. And I was like, oh, okay, you'd obviously seen it. And I don't even remember if time had gone past, and we talked about it. But anyways, we'd, we'd obviously talked about it, popped by, and I think there was some confusion whether... Like whether I had booked the appointment or whether you had booked the appointment, but anyways, we show up to this location and we realize that it's it's good and um, you know that it's it's not too far from from people to come and go to the tasting room and it has the, you know the right bones that we we thought we needed, and then I remember we took our banker through at that given time at that time too, and she had a look at it, and then um, and then when we eventually I remember we we signed the lease and we signed the lease the day after my thirtieth birthday I remember um, and. Mm-hmm. I went out to Four Winds, because we were friends with those guys, and I told Brent, and he said, you know what's so crazy, he's like, there's a guy that came in here yesterday that said he tried to open a brewery, and he was gonna lease this building in New West, and then these two dudes leased it the day before to open a brewery in the same space. And it was at that moment that we had talked, and I realized that, that when I initially called our landlord, it wasn't you that she thought it was my huh. business partner. It was the other person that was huh. looking at the building. And she just probably thought, well, what's the chance of two people right. looking at this place for a brewery? And I know that it ended up, uh, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, if he's listening to it, but I'm pretty confident it was um, the guy that ended up opening off the rails on, oh. on Adnac, huh. it's on Adnac, right? It is on Adnac, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it worked out for, for everybody. And, um, but huh. yeah, so obviously there was going to be a brewery in this space. It just happened to be us because we decided to sign the lease at the right time. Maybe that's where the name "Off the Rail" came from because it's right.
2: There's right, tracks right there. There's no name "Off the Rail" end. came from. Oh, because he's from be the railway, railway. right? Yeah,
0: Correct. Mm. yeah. But nice try, Kevin. I'm not trying to link something <laughs> to this location. <laughs> trying to find some deeper meaning. Yeah, yeah. Well. So, yeah. It's so, a good name. So we got the. Um, so we finally signed a lease on the building. Now, had we gone to the Canadian so, Brewing Awards before that? Well.
1: No, no, no. I believe the Canadian Brewing Awards was the September of the early September Labor
0: Day long weekend of. No, it's always in the spring. I think it was 2013, and we had signed we had signed the lease, or we hadn't signed Mm. the lease yet. I know we were looking. Okay, so because you always give me a hard time about my timeline, but the way that I remember it is in the spring of 2013. You and I went to the Canadian Brewing Awards in Victoria. Kevin, can you look up the Canadian Brewing Awards in Victoria on 2013. your computer? Yeah. And
1: <laughs> you might be right. It might have been yeah, spray because yeah, I... Rem- would make
0: more sense. I remember because we were still just a brewery in planning, and I remember yes. kind of feeling like a... You know, that we... Well, I mean, everybody's really nice to us, but you're like, oh, we're two guys that are hoping to open a brewery, and now I see all those guys that come out, and I'm like, ah, you're probably not. Yeah. But... And then some of them do, which was probably what people thought of us, right? And, um, and I remember that we we also didn't know... In those days, we needed to have a business plan, so we wanted to figure out how easy it was going to be to get a brewer. And I remember we put an ad on Craigslist, and some guy emailed back on letterhead um, named named Peter Schultz. And on the top of the letterhead, letterhead had a, a stamp, a W stamp. Um, and I remember we just filed it away, and because uh, we weren't open yet, we didn't have a place yet, so we weren't really even entertaining, um, you know, interviewing, and then. You and I were at a party at Phillips Brewing, and it was one of the opening parties for the the Canadian Brewing Awards. And there was a lady in front of us, um, Helen is her name, and Helen used to run, um, she was like the the person that was in charge of of Wireman Specialty Malt in BC. And I remember she was wasted. And, and we we'd probably had a bit to drink And we're in this lineup waiting for a beer And I remember she starts talking to us Because she's just the most open and nice person And so she just starts chatting with, with us And I recognized on her shirt That she had this W The same W And I remembered it And I said to her I'm like, oh weird We got a, a resume um, We're a brewery in planning We got a resume from a guy That has that same W And she's like, is his name Peter Schultz? I was like, yeah, that is his name She's like, you should hire him And then she's like, no wait don't hire him Because I want to hire him To sell malt and, and I remember that was like She just basically said Like she's like You should you should talk to this Peter guy And then I remember We reached out And he was still in Germany At the time And he wasn't coming back Until September And so I think the timeline Worked out well Kevin did you find out About the Yeah
2: so uh, The 2013 brewing They were in Victoria in June <laughs> Okay you're right You got yeah. that Of course one. I'm okay, right man And no, I thought right. I'd throw In that a little tidbit sense, so. yeah. Beer of the year that year uh, Powell Yeah Powell's mm-hmm. I remember that mm-hmm. Yeah Oh yeah. j- j- jalopy. jalopy Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So. And you doing, uh, Dave. Yeah. You're welcome, Dave. I guess we'll have to have you on the show <laughs> uh, now. Yeah, I guess so. um,
1: but, but yes, I mean to make that correct, you did find a Peter originally on Craigslist through a <laughs> yeah. Craigslist ad. How many other applications
0: did you get on that ad? Do you remember? I don't remember it being a ton. I think I remember it being like maybe ten. And there was a surprisingly large amount of people from like San Diego that like, I guess, wanted uh, to relocate to Vancouver. Right. And Uh, There was nobody else that I know now that I remember that was, you know, that would have been the, that, that is still in the industry in BC that had applied for that original ad. So it was almost just like, it was kind of fate that like, you know, that our original brewer, Peter had reached out and ended up being probably the perfect person for us to open the brewery with. So So did, this
2: is just curiosity. So, uh, so Peter obviously was in Germany, German trained, the Mm -hmm. brewery opened with German yeah, uh, that know, a sort of direction was that.
0: Was that all, Peter? It was. Yeah, we were. We were pretty much. I mean, we kind of just gave him free reign to create whatever he yeah. wanted. Uh, there's, there's a lot of Peter stories. We should. We should definitely highlight some Peter. <laughs> but just,
1: just to recap quickly here: yeah. Tofino, July 2012. Yeah, read a few books. Yeah. Had a party island brainstorming uh, yeah. session in yeah. yeah. Soyuz Lake. Uh, never the idea never left our heads. Created a business plan. Talked to a bank about getting a loan. They said yes. We got pre-approval for yeah. a loan, and then would have been May or June, we would have secured the space that we're in now on 3rd Ave. Mm-hmm. We missed out, and I think the only reason why we really pulled the trigger on it quickly is because we had a month of wasting time with, uh, with a landlord that was just not giving us any faith, and there yeah. was nothing available. And yeah. to date, if we didn't get this place, I don't think there was a suitable place available in the U.S. period uh, no. up until now. So like five and a half, yeah. six years later, yeah. had we crazy. not got that space, yeah. May and, not and have- and yeah. I get this question a bit: How do you find space, or how do you find a suitable space? The strategy we took on is industrial, commercial, is a back pocket game sort of mm-hmm. way. So we just phoned everyone that had signs in the neighborhood and yeah. asked them if they had anything suitable. Yeah. yeah. So you just phone all the names, all the signs. You keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. And if we, we were lucky to get this spot, and if we yeah. didn't, we would. You, yeah, you uh, might, we might not be a new no, brewery or we wouldn't yeah. be as happy wherever we would end up. Yeah.
2: So, so on that, so that yeah. timeline, we're talking then. What is this? What is the scope of time from? original like so tofino where you guys got the inspiration to doors open so So
1: like yeah tofino inspiration signed a lease let's call it eight ish months later so tofino would have been june 2012 yeah signed the lease may or june may May 2013 uh the lease started with us taking over the space october october first yeah october first but Mm -hmm. i think we got a little early yeah and uh found craigslist pete yeah um i think uh we didn't even have any of Peter's beer until, well, we can get into Peter. Yeah. He's definitely a character we got to chat about. <laughs> yeah. um, we, when we took over the lease, going back to my photos, we did our little beer trip to Portland yeah. to get some uh, inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then we started construction.
0: Yeah, and we opened the doors June 23rd of 2014. So, yeah. basically, so basically two, two years. Two years, yeah. 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 Basically two years and, uh, and about nine months of construction. <laughs> now, granted, when we took the space over, most of the TI was already done. So, like, it was pretty much a, a blank shell for us in October.
2: Yeah, well, I remember, I, so I just found that, that old memory card. Yeah. Uh, we were in looking a through. In a camera. An old memory card in a camera, and it was full of pictures from what looked like possibly the first maybe the first day of you guys yeah. all walking around in here oh cool. in the building yeah. it's just bare bones and uh it's pretty crazy to see like for it's me it's crazy for, to
0: see me in a size medium t-shirt well i
2: wasn't gonna bring it up but you know <laughs> you know i was like i did go who's that guy and you're like well, that's me uh no but it's it's pretty cool to see um especially now that we kind of talk about how full the space is uh when you look at it though it's it's really it's not that big <laughs> which the, that was the my biggest no. takeaway is it's you know and it's not that big of a space so it's
0: no wonder that it's uh Filled up so quick But anyways I'll let you guys Before we get into Talking about Pete Because I feel like We'll talk about him For a while What was your favorite part Of like the 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 early pre-days Before we were open Wow, there's so much excitement, you know. Yeah. Every
1: time when we went down to let's go when we went down to Portland, I think our eyes were both open to uh, well, one how cool breweries can be and how mm-hmm. you know all the different concepts and, and yeah. brands and stories yeah. and, and angles you can do it. Um, I mean, we went to the uh, what was the barrel room there? The oh, can, we went to Cascade. Yeah, we you know I don't even yeah. think that was a first for for me uh, yeah. seeing that kind of brewery as well. Um, <sighs>
0: I remember we went to the commons, rest in peace, and yeah. uh, in their first location, and I remember because you had, you guys had Caden, your son at the time, and they had a weird liquor license where um, they weren't, <laughs> we, we, he, weren't in, he wasn't allowed yeah, in, yeah. but they had this this area where we would sit and drink beers, and there was a rope, and was he was the, on the yeah. other side of the rope. Yeah, we just put my kid on the other side of the rope. Yeah. <laughs> but it, oh, worked. Hey, it yeah, worked. Yeah.
1: yeah. Favorite part? Um, I I don't know. I I, pinpointing one thing is a little bit tough, but I really did embrace the challenge of building this place out. Yeah. I was really excited about it. Also the fact that we just took over a mezzanine that the city allowed to stay here kind of gave us a predetermined tasting room. Yeah. So we, we, we kind of, I think we really lucked out. Like we had Mm -hmm. a, a, a shell that was very easy to work with. Yeah. Um, we ripped up the floors, but we didn't rip up enough of them. And we, no. we've been kicking ourselves ever since. Yeah. We should have done the, done whole, the whole thing. thing yeah. But we we barely scraped together enough money to open the doors. And I remember yeah. going to the Canadian Brewing Awards and talking to a guy there from Ontario. And he's like, you need a million bucks to start a brewery. Yeah. And we were trying to do it on half that wow. um, yeah. or a little yeah. more. It ended up being I, more. Yeah, I remember
2: back yeah. then sort of that, that was always the number that was thrown thrown around. It was kind of like a million bucks. Yeah. That'll get you going. So it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm sure... You guys aren't, it's
0: probably not exclusive that, you know, the only ones that went, well, we might have to do with a little bit less, you know, yeah, and, well, and, and th- you know, and made it work. I think, well, and I think lots of people have made it work for less. You can make it work for less on a tasting remodel where you don't need, you know, production, you don't need a, like a packaging line capability, yeah, right? right? Like, I think that's where we ended up pushing us over a million is, is when we, you know, you add, excuse me, you add tanks and you add, you know, a bottling line or a canning line or whatever, but I think we got the doors open for... Under 700, didn't we? It was like 650 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is, you know I think is really good For what we were able to do We had four yeah. fermenters to start And um, okay. I, I remember somebody sent uh, You know, Facebook gives those memories And uh, a, kind of one of these beer influencers He tagged me in a memory um, Of June 23rd, the opening day And he's got a flight And it's three beers And a sparkling water Because we only had three beers on tap But we had four, <laughs> we had four spots in the flight And so we're like, well, what do we do? And Pete's like you know what A good palate cleanser Is sparkling water So you got a, mm-hmm. a You have a flight of three And a sparkling water For the first couple of weeks But nice. it worked So what were those First three beers Uh the first three beers Were that were out Were smoked half Yeah Uh Royal City Ale And uh Dry hopped ESB Okay Rest in peace Yeah <laughs> Um and then later was uh, Dark Lager was next, and then Red Pilsner, and only because those two beers take six weeks to make, and the right. others were taking four. Right.
2: So It's pretty cool, though, to think, I mean, other than smoked half, that those, those four beers are still... The Other than ESB oh, yeah. Other than ESB. Well we
0: brought ESB back Right So ESB is one of the ones We get the most requests They're like Where, Where's ESB Why don't you guys Have ESB anymore And I'm just like Because you guys Didn't buy enough of it <laughs> And But when we brought it back As seasonal appeal And oh, right. People like Just ripped it up They're like This beer is awesome I'm like Yeah, yeah I know We Does, loved it Well I was gonna say It doesn't say It still says ESB on it But yeah. not in as big of letters No No That's true I miss that beer Yeah so do I It's such a good beer it But yeah So anyway So we, so we opened the doors um, June 20th, you know, 23rd and, and a lot has obviously happened since then, but I think we've touched on it enough that we should probably talk about our original brewer, Pete. Um, Peter actually is no longer, he's, he's actually hasn't been with the brewery for a few years now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and although Jamie and I both keep in touch with him and we've, we've met up with him a few times since then, he's, he's moved up North, um, to just be a hippie, which is basically, um, what he is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Pete is this tall, lanky hippie, That has like, wears two different types of pants. He won't spend more than like
1: two bucks on a shirt (laughs) or three dollars on pants. Like, he has a very you know cheap Well, well i that, think one of the things
2: i heard him say last time he was here i think someone mentioned that he had a new pair of pants yeah <laughs> and, and he said something about that how much he got them for it but then his thing was it was all about like the functionality of his pants he was like yeah. well they got pockets here and it can do this and then this.
0: Yeah. And it's like okay I don't he's, know. I don't he's I a, a functional that guy, guy right yeah. he's very yeah. german um and it, he was actually from white rock originally yeah. so he's hey, canadian that's where i'm from yeah, we know, Kevin. It's not about you, though. It's just about people. Right. uh sorry. People are going to start to think that I'm a fucking asshole because I always well, give you a hard time. You know, but you know, it's sometimes just sometimes the truth comes out. Right? <laughs> think, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. <laughs> the, the, um, but I remember, <laughs> but Peter, uh, yeah. So Pete had had uh, we 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 reached out to Pete, and I remember his his I shouldn't say his email address on, uh, but it was I am Audi three thousand or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But it was like it spelled like Audi, like a car, but yeah. like. There was that phrase Where people were like I'm out Oh that's Right and I, so just, he, I just heard a podcast Actually about using that phrase And I was oh, like it? I've never heard yeah. that in my life So we're like Oh he's got a hotmail address And <laughs> well, now people are going to email him But uh, <laughs> And um, Not that he checks his email anyways But anyway So we met up with him At Steamworks Brewpub In Vancouver And um, Also a nod to you Kevin, I know the Stuart story's got servers. so many links to me And uh, And he, had, he was reading a book He had a novel And uh, I was like I like this guy already He's like a well He, he likes to read right And he's obviously A smart guy And uh, he had long Golden hair Like super long Like down to his waist long And he always had it Tied up And a, and a huge beard And uh, I don't even remember How the first conversation Went with him But I, what I remember Liking about him Is that he was telling us How it was Going to be Like, he's like, this is what we need to do, guys. And so, like, you could tell that he was the right kind of guy to help get a brewery open. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times you meet people and they're just waiting for you to guide them. And we needed somebody to guide us on how to build the back end of this thing. And, you know, we knew enough about New West and the people and the front end that, you know, we knew that we could get that part working. But neither Jamie nor I knew how to actually put a brewery together. Mm -hmm. And um, and I remember we, we hired him like a month later, I think.
1: We hired him on the premise that he was going to help us build this brewery. And he so did. He he, uh, he really helped us out. Mm-hmm. He was a laborer. He yeah, dug. Right. He Jack, you know, jackhammered <laughs> a lot of the concrete up. He, <laughs> he still
0: tells the story. We yeah. ran glycol lines. So we ran glycol lines from our cold room under the ground to yeah. the taps. Yeah. And I remember we didn't have proper tools. So he borrowed his mum's gardening shovel. And he's Jeez. trying to dig <laughs> through the fucking grass <laughs> with a gardening shovel. Oh, so it was a lot of work, guys, but yeah. I, I did it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he was very helpful. I mean, he was willing to do whatever it took. Yeah. For the first, I think, three months of him working for us, he yeah. was a laborer. Yeah. He, was, he yeah. was a construction right. guy. And then yes. he did uh, his first uh, pilot batch, and that was the first beer we had from him, the smoked hef. And I don't that's think right. either, it shocked both of us, because yeah. neither of us, we, we haven't had a beer like that before. Yeah, like, I don't, oh don't think God, that, have we that got beer, into?
2: yeah, that beer just, I mean, that's a beer
0: style that I don't think was anywhere here no like, well and I know. think that's why so Pete was tr- like the reason why he had the we on his on the W on his on his resume is he, he was interning at Weirman in in Bamberg Germany yeah and they're like he says it's like the home of smoked beer yeah so like there are smoked wheat beers there yeah. Yeah. and so that was kind of you know but it was just like a nice whisper of smoke like it was cool enough that you're like people are gonna be yeah. like oh this is interesting yeah but it was still easy enough to drink right and I remember the second batch he made, he made dark lager. He brought us remember we had him over to my house for dinner and him and his girlfriend Anna and he brought Dark Matter from Hoyne. And this was in the or, I mean Hoyne would have been open for a couple years. Yeah. And he's like, I really like this beer. And I like this beer because it's a dark beer, but it drinks pretty light. And he's like, So I want to make a dark lager. And um and I remember he made it and we had a couple people come by and one guy was like um uh I don't know. He was, he was very knowledgeable and he was like a Cicerone. He's in very knowledgeable in tasting beer. And, um, and I remember him saying, Oh yeah, this beer is great. But here are some of like the, the flaws with it. And I remember Pete being so angry and he's like, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. There is no flaws with this beer. <laughs> and all fairness, dark lager is our most award winning yeah, beer. Yeah. Of, so. You know, and, and so maybe Pete was right. Uh, cause I don't actually think it's one of the few beers that we actually haven't tweaked at all. It's wow. like the same as it was day huh, one.
2: That's yeah. That's that's so good beer,
0: but yeah, I remember we, you talk about Portland. Like, Do you remember when we, Pete cut the electrical line to the neighbors? Oh, yeah,
1: and then Kermac didn't have power.
0: Yeah, we yeah. were taking Good start. Pete had, <laughs> Yeah, he had this big, it was like a big backhoe, and he was trying to dig yeah. up the concrete, and then we cut all the power to Kermac, our that's, neighbors. So that's where, that's where it all started, eh? Yeah, yeah no shit, right? <laughs> yeah, and then um, I remember, too, the first time we went out like, to take Peter to, to go try beer, we're at this unnamed brewery that's uh, still around in Vancouver, and we're sitting at the bar. And we're having a flight. No filter, Pete. Yeah, he's got no filter, right? Which is one of his kind of best qualities. Yeah. But it also made him hard, made it hard to take him places. <laughs> and uh, and I remember he's like, we're sitting there, and he's like, these aren't very good. And like, and the bartender, she's standing right there, and he's like, and Jamie, and I'm like, oh my god, what, the, what did he just say? So we're trying to change the subject, mm-hmm. and so we finish the beers, and we go in the car, and we're like, Pete, like. You can't you can't say stuff like that like to people we're gonna we're gonna all work with these people yeah. it's like don't you think they want to know that the beer's not very good <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I mean it's you know bold honestly <laughs> yeah I'm like no they yeah, don't no, they, know. They, they 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 think it is yeah yeah, yeah. just go on untapped like the rest of the you know. <laughs> yeah say whatever you man. want there. I
1: think that's one of the things that made Pete such a good leader you know he was he was the best guy to start a brewery with for yep. us. I mean, he willing to do the dirty work and, and he spent so much time breaking up the ground and working in the back. And then when we brought on, uh, all the, I guess all the brewers that started with us were relatively inexperienced.
0: Yeah. And I mean, train them up. Yeah. Eric, our, yeah. our, our, head brewer now, um, who's been at the helm for I think, the last th- three years. Um, I remember we hired him for the tasting room, but he had homebrew experience. And um and he was ended up being in the back within like the first two or three weeks because mm-hmm. Pete needed help so he was kind of like brewer number two and Pete trained him up yeah. and Pete was a lead by example guy too yeah he's yeah. he always and 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 Eric still tells a story to our you know to his guys back there in the in the brew team but one of the things that Pete always said and it's it's too bad doing this over uh, you know over audio because it's more of a visual thing but right. he was basically the one thing that makes steel and oak different than than all the other breweries is that we park our pallets like this. And what he would do is he'd take two squares mm-hmm. and he'd make them line up perfectly, right? Right beside each other. He's like, we're a lot of other breweries. And he's like, cause I've seen them park their pallets like this. And it was just the one square was just off just a touch. Yeah. And he's like, it's that, it's that idea that like, it's not good enough unless it's perfect. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it goes back to that German attitude. I remember Pete was always, you know, obviously as the, the market we're in today is, everybody's making new beer all the time. Cause mm-hmm. that's what customers want. Yeah. And Pete couldn't understand. He's like, why would you like in Germany? He's like, everybody just makes one beer at their brewery because every German's like, well, why would I make a second beer if this first beer isn't the best beer? Yeah. Right. Like it's just a different attitude yeah. and mentality, right? That, that, you know, unless something's perfect, don't move on to something else.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, from, from me coming into this brewery a couple of years ago and uh, like I so I never worked with Peter, but I've you know hear a lot about him, and obviously working with Eric, he he's talked everyone talks about Peter a lot and what he did for this brewery. But like you can see it, and like working in previous breweries, and this is not, not meant to say anything ill of other breweries that you know where we've already mentioned I worked at in the past. But <laughs> uh, you know I, I just I noticed pretty pretty immediately that things. Here it just everything yeah it was about this sort of uh, I don't know if it ties into the German ideal but that sort of like everything in its place kind of thing yeah. idea where it's like you know if all the handles on the tanks should be the same direction like you know and it's a little bit OCD but it, it ha- sort of but it has to be. yeah it starts if if everything starts there it sort of sets everything up after it to sort of be perfect you know and and I think it it, it lends itself to you know the the brewery operating as you know, the right way, I guess is the way to say it.
1: Peter was so anal about how the beer was poured like yeah. getting like he couldn't understand the whole growler thing the fact that the beer's touching oxygen before it's getting resealed up right. he struggled with that yeah. like yeah. he was such a perfectionist yeah. and uh, what, what were those first containers that we had that the, those chambers that filled up growlers oh yeah the was those drove him nuts yeah, but those things are outside of that like we had the pig's tail for when we wanted to draw off the tank yeah. you know and he, it was always sanitized he always took mm-hmm. extra steps right. to get the right pour yeah. you know in his dream world it was gonna be every beer was gonna be a seven, seven minute minute pour seven yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know. but it's hard when there's a fucking lineup and you're yeah, like, yeah. but oh, I remember yeah. we even like even the taster glasses at Steel and Oak are oversized so that you could pour like an inch ahead right. on top of it. Yeah. Right. And they yeah. still are to this day. And you know, I know it's, it's you know, it's different when you've got a lineup of twenty and you're trying to process everything through, but I think, you know, still like, you know, we still comment when one of the staff does like a great, like, Oh, like, yeah. that's a good pour. Well, I, good I pour even right noticed there.
2: that the first thing when I first started here that I remember, I, can, I don't know who it was, but one of the tasting room staff poured me a beer and did like the, like two step pour. Yeah. So they poured and then stopped with about, you know, yeah. however, let, two, it third, let it settle and then topped it up. And, and I, I think I kind of made a comment. I was like, why are you doing that? Like that doesn't, and they're just kind of explained to me, they're like, the reasoning behind it, and, and that's, again, one of the times that Peter was mentioned, and I just sort of thought, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Like, I don't know, I just, it was, but it was, but it seems to, it's ingrained sort of in the, the operations. Yeah,
0: and it's one of the reasons why, like, we, our, our glass size is actually 13 and a half ounces. Um, But we call it a 12 ounce pour But we actually don't advertise it At 12 ounces anywhere And because in the early days It was also around the same time That camera was going through that um, Proper The pint thing thing Where like a lot of I guess bars weren't pouring Proper pints And they weren't advertising it right So um, Adam Chapurn had like a um, a, Like a measuring cup And he'd go around And measure beer everywhere And I remember some guy From camera came in And was like commenting He's like You know like Well what, What size pour is this I'm like It's a glass of beer Like Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's yeah. it's not expensive from us. We, yeah. we only charge you four fifty for it, and it's it's a glass of beer, and we pour it the way that we want to present it to you, right? Like I was less of a dick than that, <laughs> but like you know, there were people that are like, why isn't it isn't poured to the very top of the glass? So it's like an education process too, sure. I think, right? And yeah. and I think once you learn about it, you're like, that's really cool. Like I wish all my beers had this head, right? That's where the aroma is. That's where you know, it's, yeah, it's um, you know, and I think that was the great one of the great things about Pete is he was. He was a leader and a teacher, too, and because and, he had experience, right? Yeah.
2: Well, it sounds like just from this conversation here of just the willingness he had to put the work in in the beginning before even making beer was you guys got the right guy. I mean, like you said, you know, getting the lease on this place was one reason, you know, if that hadn't happened, there may not be. And it's mm. you can probably look at Peter, too. If, if Peter wasn't the guy. Who, well, who knows where things would be now, right?
1: There are a couple of highlights from the early days with Peter is that that first test batch of smoked half we brought to Vancouver Craft Beer Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was uh, three weeks before we opened because I remember I gave a three-week spoiler to one of the <laughs> newspapers that we were going to open. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, oddly enough, that was the first keg that I've ever tapped. And, and it sprayed all over. Spray, <laughs> like right in front of everybody in yeah. the front of the lineup. Yeah. First lineup. And you're like, we're new. yeah, I've done this before. Uh, and we, all we had was the smoked heft to pour yeah. and it ended up being one of the top five beers to try in the summer in the province we got our face in the cover of the province because yeah. of that beer That's awesome. um, and I I mean we couldn't have asked for a better PR better launch and it was because of that smoked heft yeah. that yeah. we thought oh my god what have we got ourselves into yeah. this is the craziest beer I've ever had Yeah, but it, people loved it and yeah. it was a great summer beer and it was me you and Jay pouring right yeah
0: Jay yeah. Our, our, our beer rep and he's still with us to this day and, and uh, yeah and he looks so much we all look actually quite a bit younger you look the same actually Deck, but um, <laughs> the, uh, I look younger than <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> so Benjamin, a, you're Benjamin Button and yep. everybody. Um, but I, I always say too, like Peter was the perfect brewer to get us started, but he wasn't necessarily the perfect brewer to continue us on in this like new wave of what people right. want in beer, right. right? Like in the early days, we were making German beer, even though technically people always recognized us as the guys that make German beer mm-hmm. and lagers, but in our flagship lineup we had yeah. two like british ales right with right. Uh, well i mean rural city's more of a i guess that's, that's i guess how it how it could have been more like yeah. more like tri- traditional traditional sure, beer right and then it was us and i remember so cody from twin sales Loved our rogenweisen, and so then when him and his brother Clay opened Twin Sales, they're like, "We want to be a German brewery too." And I remember in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if this is gonna like this is gonna work, guys." Like, there's only so much room for German beer, and uh, and sure enough, it didn't. And they, they must have they
2: listened. They <laughs> well I know I didn't
0: tell them; they oh, just I figured it out on their own. And and just like you know, we have like yeah. you know, we always like to be the the brewery that makes really great lager and 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 German style beer, but yeah. like obviously the market needs more than that right now, and yeah. and, and so um, which is why I always. Say like, Pete was the perfect guy to get us to a point, and then I feel like Eric and and his team's creativity, like the transition. I remember when Pete told us he was leaving; we kind of saw it coming. Like he, mm-hmm. Pete actually developed a gluten allergy, so he couldn't oh, even drink nice. beer for a while. And um and he was just he's a nomad. It was we he was the longest job he ever had was working yeah. for two us two years two with years us. with wow. us longest job yeah. Ever had. yeah and uh, and I remember when he handed the reins over to Eric and and Eric just had this creative. Uh, he made this Earl Grey IPA at home all the time, right? And and it was kinda like, you know, he was the right guy to take us forward, right? Sure. And uh
2: But luckily with sort of the like he'd been sort of the, the training of, of Pete yep. you know, allowed sort of Eric to go with the sort of change the or you know, the direction or get more creative, but have that, that those great roots to kind of go P- off of
1: pete didn't leave us until the brew team was solid yeah for yeah. It to survive without yeah. him and he left that brew team with some uh, obviously some great beers yeah. that we still do today sure. and then eric kind of took it over and gave it a more of a west coast yeah. twist yeah, yeah. And, I'll,
2: and i'll say when pete comes back when from time to time to, ch- to to just sort of pop by and check in it's he still feels like part of the team yeah we're, we're which lucky is that which way it's kind
0: of cool most of the people that have you know gone on from steel and oak which hasn't actually been too many but like you know, it's all been positive. They've all been going on to other things, right? You know, Chardonnay, um, or his name is Jordan, but we called him Chardonnay. Um, I mean, he was the, the third guy in the back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he left a year ago to go run a brewery in, in, um, in New Zealand. And, but the same thing, like it's, you know, there's nothing, I think as somebody that, you know, as a business owner, there's nothing cooler than watching somebody, you know, realize their dreams. Like we talk about it all the time when I try and talk to the the team, like, you know, we care more about the staff as individuals than we do as you know workers at steel and oak right right? and uh so it's it's just neat to see that people are doing what they're good at now eric also operates in a very german way Mm -hmm. but that's also because he's an engineer so it's just already ingrained so which is i think was a perfect transition to to where we are today i want to dip back quickly actually should we get a beer first i think we need a beer so normally i pick a big um like imperial stout to drink in the morning but today we're drinking royal city ale because it's appropriate to drink that um so while we're drinking that i thought i'd touch on um we'll get into kind of year one highlights lowlights for you and, and how you remember it, it going down and anything that that stands out in your uh, in your mind of of you know the highs and lows of being a new business in the first year
1: Okay, let's, let's, uh, well, I'd say the first highlight was the, the lineup and the hype we got at Vancouver Craft Beer yeah, Week. It was great. Three weeks before we opened. Uh, the second highlight, and this is probably a moment that's hard to replicate because I, I, I mean, I, it's a little bit vague, but it was one of the happiest moments of my life in a way is when we opened the doors and we had that lineup around the block. I don't know if you remember the first couple of days that we opened, we did a real soft opening yeah. that we just announced on social media and just people just started showing up during the day. Yeah. And then when it was like our first, I don't know if it was a Thursday or Friday evening when it was public and aware, um, we had a lineup around the block yeah. like we had or like just around the building yeah. and uh and uh, the tasting room was full it was it was it was packed it was over our capacity that we were supposed to have but yeah. we used to just pack the place and just roll with it and then until we alert until, <laughs> <laughs> until we got the warning
0: until we got the warning <laughs> until we got the warning yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it was a pretty bumping spot so um opening doors for sure um beer mageddon that was a cool press release and, yep. and got us a lot of attention. Well, the why of Beermageddon was a little bit of a low light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I would say the the, the, the last highlight that I kind of remember, well, one, I mean, our first uh, company party was a bit ridiculous. So that's a high yeah. and a low light. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we ended up in the alibi room. People were oh, yeah. throwing up. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was a high and a low light. Yeah. And then I will say probably S&O won, our first party. Yeah. Uh, capping that off as our first year in business. And yeah, I don't even party. remember the first party. <sighs> I, I vaguely remember it, yeah. but I do remember smiles and happiness. Yeah. Um and then in terms of I'd say low lights, uh well, I well we can go into this, but day, uh, the day before we opened, yeah, I had so, a little bit of a party foul.
0: Yeah, so you t- you touched base on beer Magedan, and and during our after the first four weeks, we actually ran out of beer and entirely. So we actually just shut the doors for a week, which was kind of nice because I got to go to Galliano, which was great, <laughs> and not have to worry about working. Um, but the um we 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 actually were to run out of beer anyways, but something that it would have probably been a week later than beer Magedan actually happened. But what what happened? Um, to speed up the, the ability or the need to close was that Jamie talks about his party foul. So it's, it's, uh, it's, if you know, Jamie and I, um, Jamie's always a little bit more, um, I guess fun.
1: Kevin, would you uh, say that? Definitely fun. But I mean, yeah. Remember
0: who that. pays you? Well, <laughs> handsome. You said it, but, uh, let's just say Jamie's a bit more. Jamie's a bit more. That's a really great way to explain it. Actually. Um, I'm pretty, I'm, 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 uh, I'm definitely more um, reserved and uh, definitely a, a more nervous and I wouldn't say pessimistic, yeah, pessimistic guy than Jamie is. <laughs> Skeptic. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I would like to yeah. think I'm a realist. But, yeah, there you go. But, um, but I remember it's this. So we're, we're, oh, we know we we're going to open the doors on June 23rd. And so I'm opening the, the brewery. And uh, so I'm in bed uh, early because it's a mm-hmm. big day. And Smart. my wife is there with me. And I get a phone call and I get a phone call from Jamie and he's like, there's beer, there's beer everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, I can tell that Jamie has had some drinks, maybe some other things. I don't know. I don't know. I was sobered right up with that. <laughs> That'll and do. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, there's, you got to get down here. There's beer everywhere. And I remember getting out of bed. And like getting my clothes on, Alyssa's like, my wife's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I think I'm gonna fucking murder Jane though. <laughs> and I remember trying to get a hold of Pete, and no one could get a hold of him because he's kind of one of those guys that like, he's like your dad where like if he's at home, he'll just turn his cell phone off and, and put it in, in, in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so we can't get a hold of Pete. And um, so one of the things about our our brewery that I should say beforehand is that we uh, most of our beers um, get carbonated under pressure. So a lot of breweries will carb well they'll they'll ferment a beer and it'll be basically flat and then they'll they'll carb it up after the afterwards but what we do is we we naturally carbonate everything um by capturing the natural co2 that's expelled and push it back into the beer but in order to do that um everything's under a good amount of pressure in the tank so a dangerous amount actually and so what had happened was i come down one of mine and Jamie's mutual friends, we went, Jamie and I went to high school together, so that's how we know each other, and one of our high school buddies, um, Derek, opened the door, and his girlfriend was there, and she didn't even look me in the eye. And I come into the taste room that I'd spent so much time to clean on, and there was fucking pizza boxes everywhere. It was a disaster. <laughs> and then I go in the back, and I can hear the beer. And I go in, and it wasn't Derek that opened the door, because Derek had his hand on the, the, on the, on the, port. On the port. And so yeah. basically what had happened was is, Peter had taught us how to use this pig's tail to hook on to, um you know, to, to hook on to yeah. get beer out. Yeah. Well, On the other end of that, um, you know, on the, the sample port, there's a tri-clamp. That's just basically, it's a clamp that keeps it on. But if you take that tri-clamp off, the beer is going to shoot out mm-hmm. at a, at, for what our beer is, a very high amount of pressure. And so Jamie had obviously had too many beers and he's standing up against the tank of red pills and they're like, a maybe really- I should tell the story if <laughs> it's coming from me. Yeah. Go off. <laughs> I don't think you deserve to tell this story. Well, go ahead. If you well, can, if no, you think you can- <laughs> I, I
1: think I got to set the tone here. Yes, you're absolutely right. I had some friends over here, proud that they had the brewery open, yeah. you know, who wanted to show it off. They all came up to new West, all these Vancouver guys. Yeah, well, it was a big mix. Um, Proud moment, but yeah. it it turned. I even look, going through my photos. I, I I had one group shot of us all on camera. Like We're all smiling, and happy. Yeah. Yeah. you know, before it happened, and and basically, I um, uh, I mean, I've taken samples from the tank before, but. Probably a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, I was very distracted, obviously, and a lot going on. And I took off the tri-clamp. Yeah. And what I would call it is a laser beam of of beer shot out of that tank. And it was not just, like, it's anyone that was there, the guys that were there, none of us will ever forget it. It was the most scared I've ever been in a moment, like, the most shock in my face. I was terrified when that thing happened. because when you take off a tri clamp and the laser beam shoots out, there is a split second where you realize <laughs> you don't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it is like a, a straight-up laser beam. Like right. It was, it was a, a, let's call it an inch in diameter, and I was standing right in front of it, so it blew through my face. And then <laughs> and then I ducked, and then it hit the guy behind me, and then he moved, and it hit the guy behind him. And so the, the laser beam shot at all of us, and it shot directly at that wall. And then we're just in awe jaw dropped like I'm, I'm staring like my face is a foot away from the porthole right. and I'm staring at this high pressure laser yeah. beam of beer shooting yeah, that's straight not up stopping. the wall no and everyone's <laughs> dived and hiding Yeah, and then I kind of like put my hand in front of the laser beam like oh that doesn't hurt <laughs> you know, like and then I try to you know push against it and then eventually I just kind of push up against it and block it and in that process we have this fountain of beer running down my arms and (laughs) over my head and to say that I was soaked in beer like I was soaked from head to toe like there was not a dry patch on my shirt on my shorts on my underwear (laughs) on my socks everything was soaked from head to toe. Wow. Yeah. And so eventually I just stand above it and I plug it with my hands and um, we're trying to get the damn clamp back on, but it's under pressure and we just yeah. can't figure it out. Okay. So I have, we're taking shifts. Me and my buddy Derek are taking shifts and a few others are in there and this is actually Trying to save
0: 3,400 yeah. liters of beer.
1: And, and like, I would say by the time we bit. figured out how to plug it and like, well not plug it, but like slow the pace of the beer. Yeah. I, I'm guessing 500 liters are already sprayed over right. there and yeah. we're s- like standing in a
0: pool it, of beer. It always feels more than it, like I remember walking through yeah. the back and there was like, right. there's a couple inches on the ground, yeah. right? Yeah. And we have Drain. drains. Yeah. And when you not, say
2: like 500 liters, like that's a lot. It's a lot. Like yeah. it's Not yeah. a yeah. lot compared to
0: 3,400 liters, but 500 liters is a lot of and, liquid. And, and it's sticky beer, like, yeah, you know, it's it's like, you're yeah. like, fuck, this is going to be such a pain in the ass to clean. But I remember because our, our stuff's under pressure, our beer's under pressure, like the way to, to relieve that pressure is, is you open up um, uh, the CIT P arm and you release, you know, some of the, the the gas, um, the, the CO2 inside, but like that shit will kill you. So like Pete came down, I remember and he's like, okay, everybody open up the garage doors. Let's release the pressure. And then once he was able to release, release the pressure, we were able to put the tri-clamp back on. And, um, and then I remember, I remember being like, this better be clean by tomorrow. And I just left and I went home. And yeah, uh, we,
1: we phoned you to come down to see if you knew how to do it. It was pure disappointment and disgust on your face. <laughs> you right. Didn't know well, that was kind of so
2: I wanted to go back to so, <laughs> yeah. so Jamie's recollection of events. Yeah. Back to Jordan
0: shows up.
1: Yeah. And like, that's,
0: who, yeah. I just remember, I, I remember because I left a couple messages on Pete's phone and I showed up and I didn't actually know how to, how to do it either. Did you drive but, us to Pete's place? Who I don't drove, even it was remember. It Matt.
1: Matt drove us. Like, Did I was we go covered. up and knock on Pete's so, door? Yeah. When you when you came down and didn't know what to do, um, we went to Pete's house in Burnaby, and I was soaked in beer, and I was in the car, and I think Matt drove uh, a buddy of mine, and um, and we grabbed Pete, yeah. brought him down to the brewery. Yeah. Uh, Derek was holding the valve so closed So think about how long this is taking. This is hour two. Yeah, We're yeah. two hours deep now of trying to like <laughs> stop manually this beer, stop yeah. this beer from... And and it's like Mentos in like the Coke uh, bottle. It's shooting out like that, but but more. Uh, And and Pete came down two hours into it, beer all over the place, uh, and uh, he depressurized the tank and we got it sealed up. And in that process, I think I'm guessing 800, 1,000 liters probably made it out. And I, that was, I'm going to call it around, what, 9 p.m.-ish, 10 p.m.? Yeah. I was there till 2 a.m. trying right. to clean the place. Totally and even yeah. then, it was
0: still not. You can still yeah. see, like, you yeah. know. And it, granted, it sprayed on the ceiling. Yeah. Like, it, sprayed, it was, yeah. It was yeah. everywhere. It and was like on the top of the hopper. <laughs> yeah. We know how to deal with it now. Like, obviously, you know, any guy that owns any, you know, any person that owns a brewery will tell you that they've had incidences where somebody's yeah. knocked something off. Yeah. And there's a way to do it where you, it always feels worse than it is. Right. But we just had no idea how to deal with it at that time. Well, and
2: it's like, and obviously the, the timing, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you're set to open the doors and this is just.
0: Yeah. So we, we like, so we basically let the tank, um, we basically tried to salvage what was left in the right. tank. And I don't know if it was just, you know, we're all tasting this beer afterwards. And Pete's like, I don't know, it tastes a little dirty to me. And like, I, it kind of gets in your head because you're like, some dude's hands been on it the whole time. And, yeah, sure. and granted, the pressure's coming out, so you know the batch probably wasn't like, yeah. it, But it was it, it already was tainted. Already in your mind, you're like, I don't know. So we I just think
1: it was off a bit.
0: Yeah. So we just remember, we right? drained it. We we dumped it. Yeah. And uh, and um, I remember you felt so bad, you even offered to pay for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it felt awful.
0: Uh, yeah, but I was like, there's going to be something I'm going to do that's stupid, but I haven't yet. Mm, no, well, nothing I've been like running that. the business of the ground, Kevin. Right? <laughs> um, so I, I, that was the yeah the night before we opened one of my highlights from year one. Um, so we went to um, went to the craft brewers conference in Denver, and Brent Mills, who's the head brewer and one of the owners of Four Winds, organized a limo um, for us to all go to New Belgium to do a tour in Fort Collins. And we didn't really know any of these guys. Like I knew Brent and. Um, and so we get in this limo, and it's, it's Jamie and I, Brent, and I think Kylo, who's the assistant brewer at Four Winds, um, and it's uh, Kelsey and Graham from Parallel 49, who are both still there, um, uh, Jason and Kevin from Driftwood, uh, who I'd never met before, yeah. and, uh, and a guy named Paul. Um, that was also at P forty nine at the time, and I think that might have been it. And I apologize if I'm forgetting somebody that was in a limo. But we go to New Belgium, and it was the best tour I think I'd ever been on. It was insane, yeah. and they took such good care of us, and it was just it was great. And we went to Odell and all the other breweries in Fort Collins, and we got wasted. And so we get back in this limo, and Brensk only got the limo for like eight hours, and then any hour over that he has to pay extra money. Right. And so Jamie's just wasted. And yeah, Yeah, I left I left the New Belgium
1: because they had that barrel like it was just a free-for-all They had beer everywhere. We looked I (laughs) just had to have it and
0: it was early days So we like yeah, we didn't know our limits or what to do right and and now we're well I'm a bit smarter. Maybe you're still the same way But (laughs) (laughs) you definitely you're definitely the same way because we just went back to Denver and you did the same shit (laughs) But but anyways, so we're in this limo and they've got a bottle of like champagne or sparkling wine I guess came with the limo and so Jamie is like Shaking this thing Let, Let's go back
1: I After New Belgium I had a I, The first thing I had Was a glass of rum Oh was it Really oh, I had a nice. glass of rum Nice So not like A shot <laughs> a Not glass. like I, I had a glass of rum And then Graham moved away from me After I That's uh, right Graham so was moved So I poured the glass Like oh I'm gonna
0: sit somewhere else <laughs>
1: Yeah
0: And then But Paul wasn't smart enough To move away from you yeah. And so Jamie's opening This bottle of champagne In the in the limo And sprays The champagne All over All over Paul All over him And then So he's soaked And I don't even remember What the mood of The whole limo was At that point in time I can't imagine Jason and Kevin From Driftwood were that impressed Just knowing them (laughs) And 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 um, And then You were obsessed You wanted to take a pee In the field Because there's all these Majestic fields (laughs) Right So we had to stop But it was majestic Yeah And go pee in this field And Brent's like Jamie we're gonna be late Right We were supposed to go To the opening night We're gonna be late And uh, So this is all Pre the opening night. So yeah, there's still like
2: somewhere a, to go. Yeah, we're supposed to go
1: to. we supposed to to the main event of that it, at okay, Broncos Stadium,
0: it. right? And so we're. I'm so, barely like <laughs> <yeah>. there, barely <laughs> yeah. there. So we get to. Um, so, anyways, the the long story short is the limo's late by two hours. So Brent's got to pay like 250 bucks, mm-hmm. which Jamie, you did reimburse yeah, him I did. for. Yeah, I And then, so then we get to opening night at at uh, I, I can't remember if it's called Soldier Stadium, but the, where the Broncos That's play. It's Mile high Mile high So we're at the Bronco Stadium And Jamie and I don't have tickets to the event I can't remember why um, And so I, I got in You got in first try I got in first try And then you couldn't get I in. did not And then later
1: <laughs> Can we go over my technique though Because this is important <laughs> Whose <laughs> podcast so, is this? Right. No, I would like, I would this, like to this, hear this This lineup <laughs> is important Imagine like <laughs> Like a hundred meter Two hundred meter long lineup Four people wide like, yeah. Jordan happens to go in He was well positioned In a crowd of people With tickets yeah. I was not I was yeah. probably drunk At the tail end of it And they said <laughs> Do you have your ticket I said no So my strategy was To get back in line And try again And it took like Four or five tries But eventually Like I think it was On the six one I got through But that's after Rejection yeah, circ- Rejection <laughs> yeah. Rejection yeah. I had nothing else to do no. So I just kept yeah. on Getting back probably in helped line. I made It helped Sober up working yeah. 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 Well, well
0: it didn't help then. Him sober up Because <laughs> okay. I can't remember this. Se- I don't remember The sequence of events But I remember you talked to me that you wanted to streak across the field. Well, you, <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Did you stumble into me? Like, you didn't know I got into the event because no. I just no, made it in. No, that's end. right. What happened was that yeah. you're right. That you is somebody come out of, of the photo booth. Yeah,
0: right? that was the sequence <laughs> event. So I'm talking to, um, to somebody from Vancouver, uh, from Vancouver Island or from Spinnaker's. I can't remember which brewery. And all I can hear is giggling from this photo booth. And people keep going into this photo booth and coming out and they're all laughing. I'm like, that seems like a fun photo booth. Yeah. And then I see somebody open, open the curtain. And Jamie's just sitting in the photo booth with no shirt on, <laughs> just taking photos with whoever will come in. And so he's just sat in this booth. And that's when I that's when I realized you got in. Yeah, and I, then you kept talking about wanting to streak. I woke the field. up
1: in the morning and reached my pocket and I had a couple like photos you know the photo yeah, booth little yeah, yeah, slips. Yeah. I didn't know who was in it and I had my shirt off and I was with random people. <laughs> You're like just I had, sitting in the
0: booth. Oh yeah. 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 But then so so we, we get out of um out of the, the So um, Jamie didn't streak. No, we didn't oh, streak. Okay. We, we, we eliminated that. We got him in a cab and we went to uh, Falling Rock, which is a great tap house in in uh, in Denver. And um, and we're there and we're having beers and all of a sudden I can see Garrett Oliver walk in the room from Brooklyn Brewery. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jamie and I have read this Brooklyn Brewery book like a year earlier. And so we kind of looked at Garrett Oliver as like the man, right? And I can see out of the corner of Jamie's eyes like there's Garrett Oliver. I'm like, oh no, don't go talk to him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Jamie just beelines it yeah. For Garrett Oliver And starts just accosting this man I mean, He was very polite to you, I think I don't remember the conversation yeah. then, <laughs> I was at
1: the, like yeah, I was yeah.
0: barely there yeah, yeah, And then I remember you came back And we were sitting in this booth And then one of the guys You kept falling asleep And then one of the oh. guys was like Your buddy's gotta go yeah. And so we, uh We, yeah. we, yeah. we took you Kerry home Chester Carey yeah. from Brewery yeah. Creek Took you home Very nice. And I
1: time. had the walk of shame The next morning Like none other Everyone I, I saw said
0: Oh my god, you were
1: How are you? <laughs> how are you feeling? Yeah. You're,
2: you're, it <laughs> were sounds like you didn't do anything Overly, uh where most people are like, "Oh, you were having a good time last night."
1: <laughs> I, I create a bit of a reputation for myself yeah, that evening. Which now you, now you just have to live
2: up to it, Yeah. Right? yeah.
1: I, I think that was probably one of my top five drunkest days of my life, and, right. and definitely the drunkest day of that year. Yeah. And, and it and was you,
2: ridiculous. And you were like, "I'm still going to open it. We're still going to do still this, doing this." Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I
1: seem to forget every year about those mistakes and yeah, seem to well, repeat them. Well,
0: you do. <laughs> Things happen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. Like, you talk about year one, and I forget most of everything except for, like, a couple of those stories just because it's all gone by so fast. Yeah. Um, being that you're outside of the brewery day-to-day, like, that you're, you know, you've got your own real estate business, um, what's the best part, do you think, for you over the last five years of being able to, you know, being, being on the outside looking in? Well, just being I, able to come and drink free beer? I mean, any time I say I, I'm...
1: One of the owners is steel and oak. That that seems to make me instantly cooler than when I don't say that. You know, so <laughs> so so this just being involved as a founder and owner of a brewery uh, has increased my like cool points by like two on the Richter scale. Nice. So yeah, um, yeah I never felt more popular gone in my from life. From zero to two. Yeah, basically I'm a two about out of two. ten now. <laughs> no, like a three, George. You get one for being alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, let me think here. Well, early days. I, I want to mention, like, I, I I remember in the early days being a, a little more involved. I did some keg deliveries. I did a few mm-hmm. drop-ins at accounts at a, like Alibi and St. Augustine's. Yep. I remember that. I remember uh, when we delivered the first cake to, or we had the first keg on tap at St. Augs. I yeah. You, I ordered a beer. Yeah, took and you took a picture. picture yep. and then I gave that beer to someone at a table, saying, "This is still an oak. Enjoy it." Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So there's there's uh, you know some fun. Hands-on moments in the early days, and then eventually we just hired myself useless. Um, and I, I yeah, I, being on the outside, my my life and involvement last couple of years compared to the first couple years is is night and day. It's so different. Um, if money didn't matter, do you ever wish that you were working in in the brewery? I I don't I don't think I can stick to a schedule. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, that's great. work. I don't think though. I can. Yeah, be, yeah. no, I, I don't think so now knowing myself, but. <clears throat> Now, I don't know what my role would be. I guess if I, you know, I, I, I don't know, George. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I think the most pride I get out of this place is just kind of when I come in here uh, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday evening, and every time like, the tasting room is busy and I see a handful of faces I know, yeah. and I can't walk through here without saying hello to people, mm-hmm. it's really become a community hub. Yeah. So having this tasting room as a community hub, anytime, whether I'm popping in or not, you know, feels incredibly rewarding and, and to add to it, I don't get out as much cause we've spit out three kids since yeah. the start of this. And yeah. now, now I have three boys. So I wish I had a brewery before kids, uh, but I didn't. So now, um, you know, most of my beer drinking is at home. Uh, but I'd get a ton of pride out of, you know, when I'm, soccer coach and my oldest son and, and two or three of the dads have beer hats on the sidelines mm-hmm. or a shirt yeah. but there's so much uh, steel and oak swag around New West yeah. Yeah. amongst the um, whoever you name it hoodies shirts hats and seeing the town rock our gear with pride I mean that that will never get
0: old no yeah. it never does I, w- I went to um, I mean seeing it in New West now it's you know you see it a lot, which is wonderful. But I I, I was in uh, I was at this on the Sunshine Coast a couple of weeks ago and I was wearing a steel and oak shirt and uh, somebody's walking by, they're like, New West, right on, I'm from there, right? Like it's like this this I'm like, I could have been from Vancouver just yeah, wearing a steel. But oak no, shirt. I, it, but, but most people are like, Oh, you're from New West. Yeah. This is great. And it's like a conversation point. Yeah. And then ten minutes later I'm walking down the street and a guy coming the other way is wearing the exact same color steel and oak shirt that I'm wearing. And I'm like, This is really, really cool and then somebody hit me up on Instagram saying, Hey, that was us that said we're from new West. And, and like, they've got a local business here. And I'm like, this is really like, it's cool that you, I mean, we make beer, but it's not really about that at all. You know, like it's, it's about having like a community hub that people are proud of right in the city. And like, I think our city needed something to be able to hold on to. We've got lots of cool businesses, but like, I don't know. I, I, I like, I think my biggest sense of pride is that like, people now think that steel and oak is new west right and new west is steel and oak which is yeah. which is really cool right? for sure yeah and like from my like my perspective from
2: like uh you know a non new wester but now working for the brewery for the past few years is that that brings so true like you know you walk around if we're, if we're at you know, we're at an event in Kelowna, but not necessarily like say at the event. But you're just walking down the street. You got your Steel and Oak gear. Yeah, you get those people that either know the brewery and just are stoked that you're there, and but or the people that are from New West. You know, and they see they they see Steel and Oak and they they see New West. Yeah, like that's it's I, I, like you just said. I've had so many people just point at my shirt or my hat and be like, New West. It's not even Steel and Oak. It's just about the community itself. And and like yeah, there's definitely there's so much pride um, that I think this place has. Uh, I mean, New West. I think has always been a pretty prideful place. Yeah. Um, uh, people are pretty proud to be from New West, but now with Steel and Oak here and being here for five years and instilling itself in this community, it's there's there, those two things are linked for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I've I've gotten like personally. I've just been involved in so many conversations with random strangers, people I don't know that just get deep because they find out, comes up that I'm with Steel & Oak, yeah. part of a brewery. They love it for different reasons. They they share their experience, whether they're a craft beer nut and they share their experience with it, whether they're just interested to know your story. Yeah. I had people out of elementary school come out of the woodwork to uh, you know connect with me. I had people from all aspects of life and that yeah. wouldn't happen if it wasn't for yeah. Steel & Oak or being involved with a brewery. But the, 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 the best part is that it's not just being involved with a brewery, it's being involved with steel and oak. Yeah. I mean, the people here are amazing. The the beers that we do are, are I mean, I'm proud of them, and I yeah. and I take no credit for making them. <laughs> and I can't even, <clears throat> I'm probably the worst palate in the company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's uh, when 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 you have nothing to hide and you're trying to be a, a community brewery and you have great people and the beers are, are are outstanding in my opinion. Um, it's it's hard not to be proud of it. Yeah. It's just that. When you're in it, it, it kind of becomes the norm after five years, yeah. and it's and it's, uh, yeah, it's the baseline gets elevated. and It's hard to get as excited. So yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think too. I mean, I you know, I know just being working in it day to day, you start to get desensitized to like what you're. You know, you're so you're so not bogged down but you're you're you know you're just trying to make this thing operate and that you know you get you forget about like those great moments Mm -hmm. where you're going for a run down the boardwalk and you like see a bunch of people with other steel and oak running hats on right and it's it's uh you know and i think those are the moments where you're like this is cool this is why we actually do this right Mm -hmm. and uh now now that we're five years in knowing what you know what would you have done what do you think we we should have done or could have done differently yeah good question good question jordan that's why I have a podcast, uh, Jamie. Okay. Uh, you know,
1: it, not a lot, but I'm going to, I mean, I guess we got to be, uh, we got to realize the timing that we started this. When yeah. we, when this was an idea, it was a distribution only model.
0: Yeah. And it was, they didn't uh, you even know. Have the lounge endorsement when we first opened, it no, didn't exist. No. So the, yeah. the lounge
1: game changed a lot. And when I look at our Port Moody counterparts with our 175 seats and we have 50, um, uh i you know having a busy tasting room having occupancy uh makes the business more profitable it makes it more sustainable it, it it covers the overhead so i think the only thing that i would kind of explore if we did it again is maybe maybe reconfiguring the tanks a little bit to ha- yeah. accommodate a bigger tasting room yeah. but that would have been on the i but at that time lounges weren't a thing no. the way they are today so uh you know that would have been like, you know, psychic, you know, yeah. superpowers by doing that. Yeah. But that's really the only thing is kind of ma- we made have second guessed how we uh, maybe expand our tasting room in a way. Yeah. Maybe we would probably wouldn't have done a wood-framed cold room off the yeah, tasting no. room. Um,
0: Although Pete told us not to do that, and we did it Yeah, no, we did it anyway. But
1: we needed to support stuff. Oh yeah, we, we could have found another way around it. Yeah. Uh, probably not buy a chiller and replace it 6 months later. Yep. Um probably open up our founders club for more than 3 days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, that we didn't even talk about that, but we we did this founders club when we first started and it was 500 bucks to be part of it and you get $500 in gift cards and a few specially swag items special growler hoodie yep. and name on a plaque and a fake ID uh, and, uh, you know, we had it, I think with the intent of opening up to like 50 people and, yeah. or,
0: and I don't even think it was 50. Yeah. I think it was yeah. 30.
1: We were going it go. sold out in one day and they were like, yeah. Oh geez, all these people that we told wanted to be a part of it got yeah. mad at us. So we opened it up again and we, I think we allowed what 70 something in yeah, and, and that was like, it closed up in two or three days yeah. and yeah. we shouldn't have capped it really. You know, right. we needed that money at that time and, um, and, and we don't want that to be, I guess we were thinking exclusivity was more important and if, if we left that open for two weeks and let whoever wanted to join yep. for two weeks that would have probably been the right move and we would have raised more money when we needed it at yep. the start so that would probably be one thing but we're nitpicking here I mean we are lucky to have this space we're lucky to of uh, we're, we're lucky that Spec Mech made the mistake on a brew house and gave us those extra copper rings
0: yeah when anybody comes in yeah. they're like whoa why Ooh, yeah. do you guys have copper rings I'm like oh it's a mistake we well, wouldn't we're super money. fancy <laughs> you know, uh, maybe we could
1: uh, say you know maybe not start with four thirty four head Tanks like four double batch, maybe go into straight into the triple, yeah. and or, or triple in a single, like three triples in a single or something like that. Like yeah. we could have done a few things tweaked but a little just, bit
0: differently. You don't know, no. right? I think and I remember, the whole floors. Yeah, no shit. We did know that. We should yeah. have done that because I remember going to four Winds and the original tasting room, and they'd always have to have a squeegee guy squeegeeing water out of the yeah. tasting room back in the brewery because they didn't slope the floors. And um, you know, it's it's but it's an expensive venture to do that, right? But I I. Like, you don't know... Obviously, if we knew what we know now, we'd do it differently. But I think we were... Like, we opened at a time where you only had that tasting room, so you could only do samples and to-go beer. So, distribution was the way to go. And I think we're lucky we opened when we did, because I wouldn't want to start a distribution-based brewery today. um, Well, like you guys were saying, too, sorry to to interrupt, but, like, the whole, like, oh, you know, you need a
2: million bucks to start it, you know, and you guys, as we talked, like, probably started this with less. Yeah. I think now... To, to open a brewery to the model like that sort of is existing now, that million dollars is probably a lot more. I mean, cause taste rooms are larger. It's full yeah. kitchens. It's rest, you well, know, it's a restaurant often. I the see case. the
1: million dollar number where it comes from because the reality is even though we scrape together for six fifty, we put a lot of free sweat sure. and, 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 and yeah. labor into it. Yeah. Yeah. But to add to that, to the equipment that we started with is enough to just, get comfortable like you're not making a big profit off that equipment so it was like a two-step system it was like we've never been in beer let's open the doors let's see that we can sell beer and make this thing work once you have the confidence that you've made beer and sold some beer and people are showing up then you have to influx a couple extra hundred thousand dollars on more tanks yeah Yeah. you know so to get a million dollars is probably the starting point to have a profitable brewery yeah but you could probably get one together for six seven hundred thousand dollars that's going to create a job for yourself but just realize there's gonna be another you know, influx of cash for yeah. to to get that Coming profit. Yeah. Out, yeah,
0: and I think too, like you're, you know, you talk about what's expected now, right? People have yeah. been into into tasting rooms, and so now there's an expectation of, um, you know, you have to make it slicker than the the next tasting room. I was talking to my wife, Alyssa, last night, who helped her and her, my father-in-law help basically build this yeah. tasting yeah. room, and um, he did a great job. He too. did do a great job, yeah. right? We for still free.
2: get we still get comments on the yeah. on, on the bar, bar all yeah. all oh, the time, yeah. So and the bar good. is yeah. the bar
0: is beautiful, so right? And and but. You know, when you look around, you're like, it's a really well executed old office space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, and and obviously it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's where our location is. It's the building that we had and we've done a few modifications. We've opened it up a little bit, but I was saying to Alyssa, like now I went to um, uh, last night or two nights ago, I went to the bakery, um, Moody L's new joint and it's beautiful. They've done a beautiful job in the taste room. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the nicest tasting rooms I've been in. And but that's the expectation, right? That's the starting point. Now is that these, you know, where's this for me? The one thing I like about this room, and I think our regulars and the people of New West does is do as well, is because they grew up with it in the last five years. It's comfortable. Uh-huh. It feels like home, right? Yeah. And and I kind of like that about it. I, I think They would lose charm if we yeah. did something more elaborate. With well, it. yeah, you know, it's think- not perfect, which is n- it's, which is yeah. nice. And when you yeah. think about, you know, I guess what it would be a year ago now when we
2: did the this expansion that we're sort of half sitting in yeah um you know and that was part of that process was doing it in the right way that we didn't lose that comfortable
0: feel feel yeah. of mm-hmm. this
2: room and, and and i think that we we did that effectively and 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 i know that like you said the people that have been coming here for since day one you know when we did this little expansion i think a lot of people even said it felt like it had always been here yeah. which i think is kind of important when you're when you're trying to sort of change the room a little bit right
1: I particularly love the vibe here in the, uh, you know, fall, winter months, yeah. you know, when we have snow on the ground and it's dead quiet out yep. there when it's rainy, like this place steams up and it has this <laughs> like intimate, cozy feeling yeah. that, um, you know, not that I get out enough, but I, I, I can't imagine, I can't think of a place with a better vibe when it's just cold and miserable out. It's the perfect yeah. size
0: for 50 people. Like, yeah, you get 50 yeah. people in here, it's yeah. it's comfortable, but it's also crowded. Yeah. So like most other taste rooms now, like you'll go in and it will feel, you know, It'll either It'll likely feel Not as busy as it actually is Just based on the way That they've They've structured it Whereas we've just tried to basically force as many people as we can yeah. into this this space that we have. And so it's like it's impossible not to like bump into your na- your neighbor and say hi to somebody right? Yeah. And people have met each other here, they've gotten, you know, they've met their their future husband or wife yeah. here. They've, yeah. you know, and it's because we basically force people to talk to each other based yeah. on how tight it is, right? right? But I remember the early days like when we just had the tasting room um, license. Like people used to move the tables out of the way and like dance on the on the in the middle of the uh, of the floor like was it was, that, was that Jamie? No, it wasn't. No. Oh. No, I only do that at the Drake. <laughs> yeah, he only dances at the Drake. But um, you know, so it's been it's become a very cool space and and uh, you know that I think we if we did it again now it would probably cost us a lot more money to to, to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it I mean honestly, imagine starting now with children. Like oh, it would yeah. I don't know if we'd have the energy to do what we did again, you no, know. No, we'd was, hire it
0: all out. Yeah, but yeah. we'd have to have to yeah. have deeper
1: pockets to hire it out. One thing you know what? As you were talking, one thing that we did I didn't mention in the year one. Remember Boxing Day or Christmas? Oh yeah, remember yeah. New the, Year's. That uh, was it yeah, the growler it was, lineup. Christmas
0: Eve and New Year's Eve. It was Christmas yeah, not Eve. Boxing Day. The growler yeah. lineup, oh, right? I remember yeah. that. So we we come had, back in an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. So the the growler lineup was so long. I remember the growlers. We lined them up, and we didn't have package beer at this point. So you could only get a growler fill if you wanted to take beer to go, and. So we'd line the growlers up so that we couldn't lose track What order they were in and the lineup went all the way Down onto the ground it yeah. doubled back And then we put the, the growlers were actually on right. the, the floor um, Wrapping around towards the bathroom so that we didn't lose track And we were like yeah it was like a 40
1: foot lineup If you like put it in a well, straight line and,
0: and we We told people like it'll probably be about an hour and a half Before you and people waited yeah and people Would come back but then I remember it so clearly our Mayor uh, Jonathan was sitting at the Bar waiting for his growler Having a beer with just like you know Joe Blow beside him Being like So what's the city Going to do about this Right And just like Haggling him on Christmas Eve <laughs> But like The place was rammed Like a lot of people Didn't leave Like, yeah. like it's going to be An hour and a half And they're like Better order a beer then Yeah, And like So this place wow. Was just rammed People were just Having a great time On Christmas Eve mm-hmm. And um, yeah It was great It was it was awesome And the, I mean now Our growler filling system Is way more slick That would never wow. happen But yeah, I was going to say those, those Pegas fillers have <laughs> Had a little bit To yeah. do with that A nightmare Yeah they were a nightmare Yeah they were a nightmare And <laughs>
1: That was that was a uh, that gave me just as much pride as our opening day lineup yeah. because that was it a ridiculous busy day and yeah. we were you know we were paying attention week by week where our sales were just yeah. because we we're you know yeah. worried you know
2: well like you say it's those little it's those little moments that sort of that stand out like yeah. you said when you're when you're when you're looking back on like for you guys looking back on five years is you know a lot of it can seem like a blur i imagine because it is i mean you're you're running a business day-to-day and uh but it's those little tiny like those those seemingly insignificant moments Mm -hmm. that are the the moments that sort of pop out because because they they you know they Made an impact on on, on you and and so. I just
1: I hope I feel that a few more times in my life you know because yeah. it was I mean I, I'll, I'll get that feeling at our you know still no five our our party coming up yeah you know when you, it, if it's a great turnout you know there's a lot of pride that comes from it but the. I guess it's something about at, at the time that we opened the doors, we had been through so much. Yeah. Like Jordan made this list of to do list. And if you looked at it all at once, yeah. it was like 150 items yeah. that we had yeah. to get through. And you just couldn't look at the list all yeah. at once. Well, and all the steps that had to happen to uh, open a brewery because it was daunting. So you had to like mentally segregate, like just item, prioritize your tasks. Yeah. And by the time we opened the doors, I was so exhausted. You know, nine months of construction, financially stressed, stressed, uh risk, you know, yep. all over. We're personally guaranteeing all this stuff, we're putting our houses on the line. Um and then that lineup shows up. Yeah. And you know <laughs> it's yeah. it's a one of you know, once of a lifetime experience. Yep. I, I wanna feel that again and I, I hope we do.
0: Yeah, uh, I do too. And and it's I remember like the first I mean I remember the first couple of months we used to come here every night with our wives and your son in tow, and like we would help this taste room staff. Do like the closeout And, and the closing tasks and, right. and the cash And everything like that I, I You know When I say this to our, our Beer reps I'm like You guys have such A wonderful job Like Try selling something Different than this Right Like people want to Drink this beer mm-hmm. And so And you get to bring them Joy by bringing the beer To them Right Like it's just Such a neat Um a, a neat industry Right And, and yeah. the people Are nice in it And and um, It's just a fun Business to be a part of Well you're, you're I think you've said it Before on this
2: too Is that You know We we make beer That's you know That's what we do But In a way We we sell And we Well we sell beer But we offer A lot more mm-hmm. You know And that's the stuff You touched on too Of the people In this community That that consider Steel and Oak a You know Just a community hub To hang out People that have met their partners, or just even groups of friends that have come together by just sitting in this tasting room, enjoying a beer that we, you know, that we give them yeah. or sell to them. But um, it's the it's the sort of the thing, and it's not just unique to to Steal and Oak, right? I mean, that's this what sort what of are you talking like, about, Kevin? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh. no, but you know, like the that's the the craft beer in breweries and tasting rooms kind of are. They're this, you know, this this weird sort of pub meets you know, community uh, hub or whatever you want to call it. And, and people just like to hang out in them. And, you know, I think the the thing is new West should be, or, you know, new West is lucky to have, have had steel and oak sort of do that here.
0: Well, and we're definitely, I mean, it's, we're really lucky to have been in the city. I think that was one of our yeah. legs up too, is that like new West is really great about supporting local businesses hard. And like, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, so, I mean, I know we wouldn't be able to be here if it wasn't for how much support we've had from even all of our clients in, in the city, all the pubs and restaurants that take our beer on tap and, and obviously all the people that just roll through every day. And it's, it's a, mostly locals, right? Like we're yeah. a locals joint yeah. and, um, which I don't know if we thought we would be. No, we thought, I, I think,
1: I mean, it took a little while, but we're, we're confident who we are now, but it takes time to get there. You know, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, we're going to be a German niche brewery. Yeah. And then now we're we're, we're a community brewery. And we, uh, yes, we do some outstanding German style beers, but community first, New West first. We, when we were looking at space, New West was the criteria. Yeah. We yeah. weren't going yeah. we to yeah. open
0: anywhere else. Yeah. And, no.
1: yeah. and I, I still love, and I don't know, you probably get this all the time too, but I don't think it's going to get old when I get friends that text me. All the time when they're having our beer, yeah. you know, if they have it at a restaurant they didn't expect it at, or the uh, lounge at the airport, or or just on a construction site. My buddy Vic, uh, if he's listening, hi Vic, uh, he, he gives it to all his construction guys after, yeah. like, on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, That's
0: great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: it's great when it becomes like a ritual, or just yeah. even a sense of pride, because I can tell when people are uh, that are into beer that are talking to me about beer they're not saying it oh i like this beer because it's your brewery like right. this
0: is good beer yeah
1: it's i'm, I'm glad i know i'm glad it's your yeah. brewery but <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. good
0: beer you know yeah. yeah yeah where do you see us going in the next five years now well you know the five years is f- remember I, uh, early
1: days we were gonna go mega we're inter- gonna go corp. national yeah <laughs> we
0: we're going national
1: <laughs> what was our uh, our company name that we came up with intergalactic megacorp or something, something like that, like that.
0: <laughs> yeah and it, it's um yeah, we were I remember that We were like, oh, we want to be national We want to be big And now we've definitely gone the other direction Where we're like, no We, we don't even sell beer outside of British Columbia anymore um, But what what do you see for us in the next five years?
1: Well, uh, let's say- hard to say five years, but let's kind of just look at steel and oak. What I see for steel and oak and what I'd like steel and oak to be is just get a, as deep of a distribution where we can maintain the quality in BC. Yeah. So, you know, ideally we need more storage space. We need more space to make that happen. But if it happens on a time frame that works for us, great. We get more bays behind us and, and we have the capacity to to fill this province out. But, uh, you know, that's, that's going to take time. That, you know, you can put a number to it. It could be twice our size. could be three times our size or it could be Fifty percent larger than we are. Doesn't really matter. The important thing to me uh, for Steel and Oaks brand is that for most of the product that goes out there, our delivery guys are doing it. They're in front of it. They're, you know, they're checking the product on shelves. They're checking what's on tap. And we have the highest standard of quality that we can maintain. That makes sense. Um, not the pressure to be big, not the pressure to sell abroad, just the service BC heavy, lower mainland, and new West as best as possible. And then outside of that, expand into other funky ventures that bring the community together yeah see like new west has some uh, opportunities that i'd like to see us get into um but you know what one at a time uh you and the people the team here have to be on board with it but i i don't know i i'd like to see different versions of steel and oak uh, on a local scale not distribution scale Mm -hmm. just kind of create more funky local tasting rooms for different
0: avenues yeah yeah i think that sounds fun would kevin be involved I hope so.
1: Yeah. I, Who's your I, favorite staff member? Uh, definitely Kevin, because ah. he's right here. Yes. All right. And, and we know it's Brian. And he's also my favorite. Oh, hey. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Outdoors Brian. I just admire him so much for oh, his... Out, outdoors Brian. Outdoors Brian. Oh. Camping van, wow. boulder climber. Other, Man, he's other, living the life I wish. <laughs> other Brian is going to be <laughs> very disappointing. We have, a, uh,
0: we have a, a, uh, our lead brewery. His name is Brian, but we call him Chef. And uh, he outfits these vans, oh. and he lives that van life where he goes climbing to Squamish. And, and uh, you can't have <laughs> your yeah. three children in that van, though. No, wow. every,
1: but every time I see him in his <laughs> van post, I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have kids.
0: <laughs> Is there anything that you wanted to talk about or add before we wrap this thing up? Oh, oh. Um,
1: let me see here. Okay, uh, yeah. And we can edit out all your pauses, so don't worry. <laughs> no I, I don't i i don't uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not ready to wrap this up, Jord, but I think that there's probably some things that we're missing here. So a couple things that I, I'm looking at here that we didn't really kind of go over is the expansion that we did in the back, our first little lift there when we when we like, I guess, some. Or let, let's talk about a little bit about where we're going in a way. We're okay. not doing enough barrels. I'd like to see more barrels. So I'd yeah. like to see something funky with barrels. I'd like to see us do kind of like maybe one day a, a, a brew pub sort of model that does a funky niche sort of style of beers. Yeah.
0: Um, um, yeah, we, I mean, I think, you know, you talk about barrels. I remember, do you remember before the expansion of putting those 100 hectoliter tanks in? We had barrels all along that wall. Yeah. Right? And, um, I mean, obviously, we have oak in our name. So, I mean, we should be doing more should be doing more. more age such a pain in the ass, though.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I
0: mean, people are like, let's just get some fooders and stuff. Yeah. I'd
1: like to have a spot with a and patio on day. Yeah, you
0: know,
2: like, yeah. Like,
1: we, New West doesn't have enough. Well, it's got a few patios, but I feel like... I've just you know when you go down to Bellingham, you go down to Seattle or Portland, you or have, Brewers Row, Brewers Row, you yeah. stumble across some pretty bumping patios. When you go down
2: in the states, I mean, some of them they've got the patio is almost just like a, not even a patio, it's like a, it's like a yard. I mean, it's they got people playing yard games, and you know it's the this big open concept kind of idea, which yeah, I mean, definitely is limited in the lower mainland. And, well uh, i
0: think some municipalities won't even allow patios right. for vancouver doesn't allow patios for breweries but i know like new west i know would be game for a patio it's just trying to find a location that mm-hmm. like whenever i go to Fieldhouse, i'm like this wouldn't exist anywhere else right that you can have a industrial space with this lawn in front of it but you know there's got to be a spot where we could you know where we could do that i look whenever i look out this window there's an overpass beside our brewery and like with a fence around it. And you could like make a cool pop-up like outside right. space that's yeah. just kind of urban and, and neat, right? But, yeah. um, you know, it's it, one of the the tough things about our business is it's so highly regulated because we sell alcohol, right? So, you know, we we do this that pop-up patio thing we've been doing in the summer and we're allowed to do six of them. And I would say to, to, I can't remember if it's was you, Kev, but like we should just be able to have this like every weekend. Like there should be no reason why we have to... You know, have only six opportunities to just have people enjoy beer outside like it's not like anybody's like its families They're not causing problems. You know, it's it's more business for us. It allows us to hire more people it You know, it's it's the government gets more money from from um, Mm -hmm. from the taxes and from our our liquor markup Um, My assumption is it's because they don't want us competing with with bars and restaurants, but we're literally In between two train tracks and beside an overpass with like nothing around us, you know. And I just, um, you know, I think that the government's done a pretty good job of starting to loosen things a little bit. But like, it'd just be nice to be able to create a more interactive space outside. I think, you know.
1: Well, yeah, the the patio parties we've been doing lately, I think that's a great start. You know, like uh, I I would like, aside from just outdoor space, like we talk about doing more events and getting more, like if we get more comfortable with the event process and really dial that in over the next few years, I'd love to see. You know, events that bring all of New West together, yeah. uh, you know, continue to celebrate our yeah. birthday, uh, have themed stuff out the back and, yeah. and maybe in different spots on like like Pier Park in, yeah. and and do different things around town. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's, you know, incremental progress.
2: There are there are some, yeah. some wheels yeah. are in motion yeah. on some of this yeah. stuff. And, and And yeah, and this is all stuff like like I love being, you know, a part of this team that that has a role in trying to develop some of these, these ideas. Cause I think there is, there's definitely potential and we're in a place in a community that, that, uh, you know, not, not only do they, uh, support, but they, 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 I mean, I've never been somewhere where I've seen so much, where you get so much support for your local events and what you yeah. do, like, you know, living in Vancouver and sort of that area, like often you do something and people, oh yeah, I'm totally going to come to that. And they don't come, you know, whereas in New West, like people show up
0: and it's, it's actually pretty crazy. It's, um, it's kind of, I think it's cause. Like, New West, it, even though it's got these skytrains, stations that run right through like, it's an easy place to get to. It's still kind of isolated. Yeah. And so, I think people from New West are generally people like us with families that don't go out that much. Yeah. And so, I think when there's a local event, yeah. like, this is a great... Ex- like, I'm yeah. thinking, like, this afternoon, I'm going to pick my son up from daycare. And the farmer's market's across the way. Mm-hmm. We're going to go there. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. you know, it's it's like, you and we go to these events or the market and always see people that we know, yeah. right? Which is kind of the What's, greatest thing about this yeah. city. Yeah,
2: and that's what we've had. I mean, our little patio parties have turned, you know, you know, yes, they're only 50 people. We're basically putting the tasting room out back. and But I mean, it ends up being, yeah, groups of people come together, they meet up here, or they don't, you know, or they just happen to run into their. Their friends or whatever, and they have a great time and enjoy our beers and hang out. Um, but, you know, and it happens at events that we support all around the community, too, with the Fridays on Front coming up um, next week. Uh, it's, it's starting st- already, huh? Yeah, I know. It's we had just- a big weekend next weekend there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: this podcast is is going to air two uh, days before our anniversary yeah. party. But that, so yeah. later on in the day when this airs, is Fridays on Front. Then yeah. the next day's Farmhouse Fest. Yeah. Then it's our anniversary party the monday is, tuesday, tuesday is tuesday is the new west grand prix. grand prix and then uh yeah. and then another friday is in
2: front and we just kind of do Yeah, I oh, want music again. by the river, down oh, Yeah, over. music yes, yeah. There's, there's there's lots going on. But um yeah, and I guess like we've we've touched on it a little bit obviously like Jamie on the podcast today to talk about the five years, but um I mean, should I guess we could we could talk a little bit about the party cuz people will probably be listening to this, and let's, let's know talk about the party.
0: I just want to say this is the first time I've done a podcast where I've tried to wrap it up, and then the guest is like, <laughs> I don't want to wrap it up right now, let's just keep talking. And we keep rolling, yeah. okay? So, let's talk about the party. <laughs> so, on the weekend, we have SO5, which is our fifth anniversary party, and each year it's gotten bigger. Um, I I always get super stressed Around the party I think this is the first year Where Because Kevin organizes the party And this is the first year Where I actually haven't been stressed Because I'm just going to come And enjoy myself But I say that every year And then every year I end up working Because something happens wow. And that's not Hey That's not saying You're doing a, a, a rough job Kev Thanks. I think that's just more We don't We never realize How many people We're going to get yeah. um, This year is the first year That we have a thousand um, Person occupancy load Last year we had 500 And Um There was a lineup around the block Mm -hmm. Down 3rd Avenue Mm -hmm. You couldn't even get car It looked It looked like it looked like Woodstock. People trying to get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and then it was it was there was there were lineups. There yeah. was, it was there it was, was a lot of lineups. Lot there was of lineups too many lineups. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what are we going to do to
2: improve it, Kev? Well, what's the, in store for So Five? Well, I mean, c- capacity is one. So hopefully, I mean, again, you never know how many people are going to show up. I, I have seen on our like Facebook event, it's Well, as of this recording. It's saying like five hundred people what? or something. Yeah, are, are attending. I mean, that's not total true indication but that that tells you a little bit um so my hope though is that this year the thousand person capacity will allow us to not have to worry about a lineup to get in because uh i I imagine that people should just be able to come on in um we've taken over the entire parking lot so we've got more space um longer too. longer so so people have more there's a bigger window to to come and so um and yeah and then a few things to Changed up sort of the How we're going to do The food this year So hopefully that'll That'll help with the lineups and, uh, and just yeah I mean little things Of just I guess Quote unquote Like crowd control To um, keep things more organized it's, So It's
0: funny You don't think about um, I mean obviously You make adjustments every year And it's year five So we should get it by now Yeah But I remember last year Like there's certain things That you, you do Because you think It's going to be really cool And then you're like This was a real big problem And I didn't realize That it was going to be I remember last year We did those We thought everybody That came through the door Should get a cool custom cup Oh, yeah. And so we're trying to be environmentally friendly, you know. So we're like, okay, everybody gets a cup and they just reuse that cup. But the problem was is that it didn't allow us to pre-pour beer. So the beer lineups were too long because we couldn't have beer ready to yeah, go. So you had to take everyone's everybody cup. had to take cup and, cup and then yeah. fill it. And so, you know, unfortunately this year we're, we're going to have to go back to
2: yeah actually i was just we should just we should encourage well i don't know if we should encourage, but i mean i i I wouldn't be surprised if some people show up with their cups from last year and if that's the case i mean obviously we'll we'll fill them up and that would be kind of cool but but yeah i mean just it's that difference between doing something and the cups were cool too like i i'm glad we made them i think that people that got them probably think they're cool and still use them yeah um but when you're trying to run a Smooth operation, there's certainly, like you said, little things that affect that. So,
0: I also think, too, it's always like when you're in the inside and you're like, you're, you're, you're like, there's too many lineups here. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel the stress, but then everybody that you talk to, like, no, this is great. There's so many people here. This is awesome. That was was big thing from last
2: year. Yeah. Like running around trying to make everything work properly. I still didn't get, there was no, I didn't get any complaints. From from people, I mean, there was you maybe maybe you get your handful of someone who something this that whatever, but overall, I think everyone was you know sure you were in a big food lineup, but you had a beer in your hand or your buddy was getting you something else or your kids were playing in the play area. Um, I think people so. are just
0: generally like I always find that I apologize when we're so busy, yeah, and then people are just like we're just really glad you guys are so busy. They're happy for us. Right. They're like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like they, it's just like, it takes me back to that, that Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. Right. In in 2014, I guess it would have been. And, and, um, you know, people are just happy. They're like, this is awesome that this is obviously succeeding. This is great.
2: Well, again, I think then they, and then they're, they're proud. They're proud of their, their little local brewery sort of doing so well. And, and I think each year as the party anniversary party has grown, I think it shows that each year, the new West community shows up, but we're also starting to, we get people that come from other communities now because of the reputation that Steel Oak has built for the beer. And, uh, you know, and hopefully that like we're, we're doing things, um, doing good things that, that people come out to support and we get local other brewery support and that kind of thing, which is, which is always pretty awesome. And, uh, so yeah, so I think this year, you know, obviously I, I feel like things are, things are all, you know, it's going madness. I mean, but good madness. I, I, mean, <laughs> no, good madness. I, no, I think no. it will, but like, hopefully Jamie will have his drone again to, to film all the things there's, there's laws now. Oh. you can't say that oh, on sorry. Don't say we'll that. We'll edit Kevin. that part out. What drone?
1: Yeah, what drone? <laughs> what drone are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the party reflects well our growth. And yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, I, we usually have our little two cents, uh, chat of appreciation to the yep. crowd. That always feels good. Um, I don't think this party's ever going to get old and I just for us for me I feel that it's a bit of a confidence booster uh, Mm -hmm. experimenter for us to get Mm -hmm. more used to these sort of events um, to potentially open the door for more of them or Mm -hmm. different sort of spin offs of them in the future Um, you know as I mentioned we get a lot of pride in bringing the community together the US doesn't have a beer festival that might be cool one day yet Um, and yeah even though it is chaos of greeting people and and seeing people and there's um, it's hard to have genuine long conversations for me When I'm there but uh, it is nice to see the other breweries come out too you know uh, we we were lucky to start in the same era as a couple great breweries that were considered close friends for sure yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. okay Um, if you had to leave a piece of advice to anybody opening a brewery today from what you know and we'll end on this what would it be? Okay. A couple things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a couple things. Take lots of pictures and videos of the early days. Yeah. You know, capture those moments. Make sure you appreciate and celebrate that opening day. Um, make sure you get a decent lease. <laughs> 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 you know, don't put yourself out there on a bad lease and redo all your floors at once. Yeah. Redo all your floors. And I would say, Open with the mindset of um, of a uh, you know the community brewery with a busy tasting room is is uh, is very attainable, very feasible, and there's a lot of uh, room for growth in that department. Going after a heavy distribution model, uh, getting shelf space taps—that's a bigger business I uh, idea, and um, uh, to me, that's that's a more competitive, tougher space to be in. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I want to say thank you to my business partner and friend Jamie Garbett for being on the show today. Oh come out to the anniversary party on Sunday, SO5 from 1 to 6 p.m. This has been Beer Life with Jordan Foss.